Hey, today we're gonna answer some burning questions that every parent has. Why does my kid need a mask? What, what detriment is it actually causing my child? Kids aren't even a means of transmission. What's really going on here? Is this a political agenda? And how do I be the best parent and protect my kid? Hmm. Hi, I'm Dr. Fred D. Domenico, and you are? Dr. Douglas D.C. And this is Resurrecting Our Freedom, and here we are today. We're very excited to have Aaron with us. You were, you well, you were, and uh, a nurse in Manahawkin, New Jersey, and you took a stand for the kids. You called mask-wearing child abuse. You took a stand. You took your mask off, and then, man, that didn't go with the narrative and the agenda and they took some action. So we're excited to hear your story today, your beliefs and your courage, how you took a stand when nobody else would back you up. So welcome. Thank you, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so she have been all over the news, you've probably been on 8 million podcasts, so thanks for taking the time. Just tell us your story and your experience and what you saw with kids and, and, and tell us your story. All right, so I am a school nurse in New Jersey, and I've been a nurse since 2009. I graduated from William Patterson University, and this year with COVID, it's just been really hard. The kids having to wear masks and, you know, the social distancing and all of that, but especially with the masks, they're just not wearing them correctly. And we know that when masks aren't worn correctly, they can be very dangerous to the wearer. And so I was seeing, you know, rashes, sores, kids complaining. Um, there was a lot of anxiety and fear involved with these little kids. Um, I had students come to me. One little girl came down to my office and she vomited in class, but I wasn't aware of that. And um, when she got to me, oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on. I'm so sorry. What are you baking? Cookies? I want some. Sorry. <laughs> um, when she finally got to me, um, she sat down and waited for me to finish with another student. And when I took her mask off, it was full of vomit. So these are the types of things that I'm seeing. And then I just, you know, my heart sank knowing this little girl walked from her class all the way in the hallway. She sat down and patiently waited while she sat and cried, you know, because I was tending to another student and she was wearing this mask full of vomit that entire time. It's just heartbreaking to think that that could be your child in school. And it, and it is, this is what's happening in the schools. So my question is, let me interrupt for a sec. Because you see the psychological damage, you know, I don't know if parents notice or, you know, they're wearing, I mean, we can talk about the physiologic damage, but what psychological damage do you think? And do you think this is something that they can just recover from? Do you think this is something that's going to stay with them? What's your opinion and what have you seen? Yeah, I mean, we just don't know, you know, what kind of long-term damage this is going to do to the kids. I know that I'm seeing a lot of you know, I've got a lot of kids who are newly diagnosed with anxiety and depression, even as young as first and second grade. Um, and I'm, I had a lot of kids come down with increasing complaints of stomach aches, which are most likely related to the anxiety that they're feeling. I had one child come down to me, another one, she vomited in class. And she said to me, I'm not sick. This happens all the time. And I said, what, what do you mean? And she said, well, I see everybody in masks at school, and if I think about it for too long, my stomach hurts and I think something bad is going to happen. And she said, then I throw up. And she said, you know, mommy knows about this. It happens all the time. 
You know, we're talking about a little girl who's having a physical symptom from her anxiety that she's having. And she's unaffected by COVID if she were to get it. You know, these kids are really, their survival rate if they were to be infected is 99.997%. It's inappropriate to be giving them any kind of intervention, whether it be a mask or a vaccine that is, you know, we don't have any long-term studies or know how it affects infertility or anything like that. That's not, it's not appropriate for these kids. Well, and, and I, I think it was the CDC that already declared the, uh, they came out with a bunch of studies and they already declared kids are not a means of transmission. And even if they are exposed to COVID, they don't even pass it on, transmit it to their parents. And I remember reading this thing and they said, we don't even know why they just don't get sick and they don't transmit at all. Yet the CDC is the one setting the guidelines. The kids wear masks, right? Because everybody says, we're just following CDC guidelines. Yeah, well, there's science totally incongruent, right? I just gave a video on truth is void of contradiction. And that is a life-threatening contradiction right there. That's true. Right. Well, everybody's passing the buck. You know, the school board says, oh, we're just listening to the health department. And this, the health department's listening to the CDC. And the CDC is listening to, you know, Dr. Fauci, whoever. Nobody's taking the blame for this. Um, so it's just... And nobody's listening to the people who are telling them this isn't working. And, the, and I'm saying this isn't working. And that's what happened. You know, I told my supervisors, I'm seeing kids being abused by this. I'm seeing harm physically, emotionally, and developmentally in children. And this is not preventing them from getting COVID. And it's not, you know, being worn correctly. So even if the mask was, you know, appropriate and able to prevent a small virus like COVID or influenza, it's not being worn correctly. And it can't work in the right way if the students aren't able to wear it that way which is it's really impossible well the funny thing is adults don't even wear it correctly let alone a Medical kid professionals I, mean, even. I mean they're trained and they're not wearing a lot of them aren't wearing them correctly how can we expect a, a three four five six year old to be doing this well, oh my god i think of myself at eight years old mine would have been across my eyes and have been the back of my head there's no way <laughs> There's no way I would have tied it around somebody else's face. Not because you do that. <laughs> yeah. You, you know how many kids are walking into class coughing and sneezing on the mask? They're probably using the same mask the entire week. They're probably, oh, yeah. yeah, and they're, they're, they're literally the mask actually becomes a mechanism by which of transmission. Of transmission. So now we're actually creating a fomite for those people who don't know what that word is. That's a mechanism by which bugs or bacteria or viruses grab onto and hold onto and then transmit that infection. So we're trying to prevent infection, yet we're actually increasing the rate of transmission of microbes. Yeah, and you know, there was a study put out by the CDC in May of 2020, and it was um, a gold standard study. They did a meta-analysis and they did they reviewed 10 mask studies. And one of the things that they found was that proper use of face masks is essential because improper use increases the risk of transmission, which is exactly what we're seeing. And it's not only, you know, it's not only COVID, it's other things. We, can, we know that the flu, the pandemic of 1918, 1919, most of those people that died didn't die from the flu. They died from secondary pneumonia, which was caused from the masks that were worn. So, you know, this is something that is, is known to be hurting children, to be known to be hurting people. This is not an effective means to stop a virus. And that was never what the use of masks were intended for. And, you know, to expect a child who's in school for six or seven hours or more, if they're doing, you know, after school sports, to be masked up 
all day long is abuse and it's hurting them. And we don't know how long this is going to affect them for in the long run. It really is. There's no, I wish somebody would show or at least require whomever is making these decisions, show us the science behind why we would do this. There is no science. That is done. It's over. Time to take the mask off. It is. It's, it's really time to take it off. There was another study um, that was done and it was showed that Vietnamese healthcare workers who wore cloth masks were actually 13 times more likely to get an influenza-like illness. And that's the kind of masks that most of these kids are wearing. I mean, some of them are wearing surgical masks, which, you know, the poor size of those masks are much larger than the actual size of the virus. You know, um, COVID, one single viron is about 0.1 microns. So we're talking about 200 to 2,000 times bigger as the pore size. It's like throwing sand at a chain link fence. So it's not going to protect you from COVID, but we know that using a cloth mask is going to give you a 13 times more likely chance to get an influenza-like illness. So why are we doing this to children? It's, it's over. Like you said, we need to take this off. It's not helping. Well, what you just said is why are adults doing it? But kids aren't even a means of transmission. Like, that's a whole nother level. Like, what you said justifies why no human should wear a mask, let alone kids that aren't even a means of transmission. And when their psychology, their psychological health is developing. But I think that, obviously, that's the agenda, right? Wherever, whoever's on top pulling the puppet strings. I, I just want to piggyback on... Sorry, what was that? I was going to piggyback on something you said only because there might be some people who are totally into the science and they're reading or listening to this podcast and they'll tell you that, well, doctors, um, the mucus in your breath actually coalesces into the fabric of the mask and that adds an additional barrier to the virus. The truth is that same mucus that's getting trapped within the fibers of the mask is why we get increased risk of bacterial infections. And we do something in my office, we test for something called Marcons, which is an antibiotic resistant staph infection almost everybody is showing up positive. We, in 2018, 2017, almost nobody did. In my own clinical realm, almost 100% of people who wear masks that I do a test for are showing up with positive staphylococci infections. There are antibiotic resistance in their uh, biofilm. It's craziness. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. It's, it's not appropriate for adults either, like you said, but children especially should not be wearing this. And even in the schools, you'll see the teachers will take the masks down or the, the main office staff isn't wearing them. The principal isn't wearing it. They're taking it off when they get in their office. But as soon as a child comes in, then they put their mask right back on. Why is it that they get to have a mask break, but these children who aren't transmitting this virus and aren't gonna be infected or affected if they, if they do get it, they're gonna have a runny nose and maybe you know a low grade fever for a day, if anything, you know, and they're going to survive 99.997%. Why are we forcing them to be running in track wearing a mask? It makes no sense. That's even scarier. Are they, are they wearing masks at your school outdoors? Oh yeah, they're wearing them outdoors. The real be this, there's been no zero outdoor transmission. How, how can they get by with forcing the uh, children to Not wear only masks? that, I mean, their kids are way more sensitive to oxygen saturation deprivation. Wow, that sounded like I was God, smart. You are. <laughs> Normally, like, Doug's the smart one. That's why I have him on. I just crack jokes, and Doug says all the fun doctor stuff. I was actually pretty proud of you to actually explain doctor language. We've had to yell at him a couple times on other podcasts. Doug, we're talking to the general public, man. I don't even know what you're saying. 
But the bottom. <laughs> I'm rubbing you. Like Sorry. <laughs> uh, but the bottom line is they're way more sensitive to oxygen saturation, right? I mean, these little kids are, you know, not that they're going to die, but I mean, they, that, if that drops into the 80s, they're in disease. You're creating disease in their body. So really the question is, what was the thing, the, the incident that drew the line in the sand for you where you said, I'm done, that's it, I'm taking my mask off, we're not enforcing this. What was that, what happened? So I had a kid come into the office and he said, I can't breathe in this mask. And we said, I had another nurse with me at the time and we said, okay, we'll take it off and we'll put a different one on. He, he wasn't in like a ton, he wasn't like having difficulty breathing, but he just didn't want to be wearing that mask anymore. And so we asked him to take it off. And he said, I can't take this off. I've been wearing it for two weeks. It was tied around his neck. It was oh like a handkerchief God. type mask. And we looked at each other, me and the other nurse, and we were like, this is crazy. How could you be wearing this for two weeks? He's like, it's really tied too tight. I can't get it off. So he was sleeping in it, showering in it, hopefully. And, you know, I don't know, but wearing it for two weeks straight, we actually had to cut it off with scissors to throw it away. Wow. Who and, are his parents? You know, this is, you know, so, and that's what a lot of people have that reaction. What, what is going on with these parents? But, you know, not everybody has that great of a, you know, situation at home, or maybe they don't have a lot of masks. Maybe he just kept losing it. And he was like, I'm going to tie it. I don't know what the situation was there, but to be wearing a mask for two weeks straight, you know, the danger there of what could have happened was enough for me to say, okay, that's it. So I did message my nursing supervisor and I let her know, you know, what was going on. And I asked her if we could start a dialogue. I let her know that I was concerned about the health and safety of the students and the staff and all the different things that I had been seeing. I gave her lots of examples and um, she responded to me and just said, well, that's the mandate and we're following it. We are going to follow the mandate put in place and it includes wearing masks. So she wanted no conversation about it. And I did not feel that there was going to be any change. And then I asked her if I could follow up and speak to the superintendent. I asked for a meeting with the superintendent to discuss my concerns. I was ignored. And after a couple of days, I finally said, that's it. I'm not wearing a mask anymore at work then. And it did, you know, I was escorted out of the building. I was suspended. And just recently, my contract was not renewed for next year. I did, I had a summer position that was, offered to me just a week prior to this and that's now canceled so you know I put my job on the line because I care about the health and safety of these kids and I knew that just voicing my concerns wasn't going to change anything for them and nothing was going to be done so you know this is something that you know I did lose my job for this but I think that the aftermath of the exposure of what it's caused the wake up of the parents that I've seen the community outpouring and support is really worth it because I am seeing change in my community at least. That's so awesome. You know, I we have a chiropractic friend right in your city, Dr. Nicole Bonner, and you had a big rally. There was a big rally about masks in school and hundreds, you know, she told me hundreds and hundreds of people showed up and you were one of the speakers there. So you look at, man, that one thing and the impact that the wave that you created is amazing and it's going all through this country. Did, did you expect something like that? I didn't expect the nationalness of it, um, but I did think that this was the only way to bring attention to it in a larger scale. So, um, but yeah, I did not expect for it to be, you know, for me to be on 
all these different stations and the media support and all of that. But I'm happy that it did work out that way because I think it is causing waves. I think people are waking up to this and saying, this is not okay. We're not going to do it anymore. How, how are you being received by the most of the media? How am I received by most? Well, I've only had um, Fox News and Newsmax. Um, there was one other one, but I haven't been contacted by any of the other um, more left-leaning media. So, But Fox News and Newsmax have been very um, encouraging and they have you know, been kind about the situation, um, sharing my story. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised because um, we did some activist stuff in the very beginning of COVID, man, and CNN, and I don't know, maybe they're relaxing a little bit, but I'm kind of surprised they didn't try and bash you a little bit, but that's good. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I think it's still early. I think it's, <laughs> I don't want to say that it's coming, but I am prepared. I'm not, you know, I know that there are people out there who are full on for these masks and they're just deceived. You know, we have to keep praying for them for eyes to be opened, but um, I, I don't plan to pay much attention to, to those reports. So. So what's your plan now? I mean, obviously you're taking one day at a time. Um, you know, you're gaining more and more intention. I, I think every week probably for you is more and more momentum, more and more interviews. Um, What's your plan now? I mean, is there another step that you want to take or are you involved in a lawsuit against the school at all or? No, not yet. I haven't, um, I haven't retained a lawyer yet. I've had a couple reach out to me and um, they're just very expensive. So I can't do that just yet. I did put a fundraiser together um, to try and see if I, if, I, if I will need it. I'm not sure if I even will need um, to, to do that. Um, I would like to, but I haven't made the decision on it yet. And next step, I'm just, I'm going to keep continuing speaking up for these kids because, you know, they need a voice. They need someone to start pushing back. I think the next thing is these vaccines that they're going to be trying to force on these kids who, you know, it, I'm for medical freedom. And if anybody wants to get the vaccine, I think that's their right and they should be able to, but for it to be forced on children who are not affected and aren't, you know, this is a, investigational drug that we don't know enough about to be giving to these young kids. Um, so I, I'm just going to continue to speak out and be a voice for them. And I'm, I've got a couple more rallies planned coming up and that's where I'm at right now. So you're going to stand up for the vaccination. That's, that's, Watch this. that's even more. Yeah. That's even more important. I mean, master one thing. And there's another thing about playing Russian roulette with a needle in their arm. So yeah and dumping literally i just got a text on the way driving here a patient asked me that they they had other friends who unfortunately got the covid uh shots by the way i i'm now keeping track and I'm, I'm keeping records of all of my patients or patients relatives or friends who are getting reactions to the covid it is becoming even more scary for me on a personal level i'm hearing all the reports one patient right now in icu for multiple sclerosis like symptoms completely unable to use his lower limbs. Anyway, I was, uh, as my, my text on the way driving here was talking to me about how this one person has several friends, he's in Los Angeles and that's like a- um, It's pretty below, uh, pretty left, we'll yeah. say. And so it's like the thing there to get the vaccine. In fact, they're proud of it for, I'd say it's, that's the culture in LA. And now a lot of people are having what he calls COVID regret because they're having some symptoms 
and they're concerned about all these symptoms are lingering, like the brain fog, the lymphat, the, the swelling in the lymph system. I changed my words there just for you. Nice. And anyway, he asked me, is there a way to detox out of this shot? I explained to him in a text message just now, no, there really isn't. There's still bad stuff in the chemistry, but the literally the genetic download, once you inject it into your system, it goes into your genetics. There is no turning back from that. You can't detox back out of literally a genetic download. So it's like, no, there really isn't a detox from this. Yeah, well, thank you for being a voice, protecting the children. I think, you know, it's one thing, the fact that the, the you know, COVID vaccination wasn't created for COVID. COVID was created for vaccination. And so it's another thing that it's a genetic it's a genetic form of genocide. That's a whole issue. That's a whole nother issue. And if adults want to have cognitive dissonance and they don't want to do their homework, uh, I have compassion, but I don't feel sorry for them because everybody has an opportunity. However, for uninformed parents to actually promote this in their kids, that parents that will take the easy way out just to get their kids in school and the ones that do doesn't, that don't, or haven't done their homework, have no idea that what they're doing, not only to that child, but to the future generations of their family. It's, right. uh, it's hard to believe that a parent would actually inject, allow that without doing a, a little bit of homework. Right. Well, they just, you know, I think a lot of people are just listening to what they're told and they're not really thinking anymore. And that's the problem. We really need to start thinking again and asking why are we doing the things that we're doing we can't just blindly follow you know especially when we're talking about giving a new experimental you know investigational medicine to a child and we don't know how it affects their fertility we don't know you know how well, it affects their life it's way beyond fertility i mean it's a it's a life threatening you start making spike proteins as a kid i mean kids have strong immune systems you have you're going to see tons of autoimmune disease and cancers in kids yeah. I mean, and you got to look and see, you got to look at the history. We know that there was a uh, SARS-CoV-1 in 2002, and that was 78% identical to SARS-CoV-2, which we have now. And in 2005, they started a vaccine on SARS-CoV-1, and they gave it in two doses to ferrets and mice, and they all did well with the first dose. They all did well with second dose. They all showed antibodies and everything was good. But then when they were challenged in the wild months later, all of those animals died, you know? So we have to look at that information and they died because of something called an autobody, uh, yeah, auto, autobody immune enhancement syndrome or something like that. Um, so, you know, you have to really, you have to look at the history and, you know, obviously that's not the same exact virus, but 78% and we didn't do enough animal studies in this case, we don't have published. Well, that's why they didn't do the animal studies though, right? That's why, sorry to interrupt, that's why they didn't do them because they knew what the outcome was going to be because they already did them. Right. So that's why it's so dangerous for these kids. And we need to be, you know, here in New Jersey, I've already had people messaging me that, you know, they just started with this 12 to 17 year old thing and they're putting clinics in the schools and they are doing it during school hours and they're allowing 16 and up to choose for themselves without parental consent to become vaccinated. I mean, parents need to open their eyes and we need to know. And then the WHO put out something that there's something called implied consent from the parent. 
So if your child ages six to 17 arrives at school on a vaccination day and they've attempted to call you, they've attempted to send you a, you know, some type of email or letter in the mail that this is a vaccination day and you've never responded, they're going to imply that you have given consent and they will vaccinate your child. That's, it's just, this is coming down the pike and people need to be prepared. And I'm not going to stop talking about this because it needs to be, it's very important. Just this morning in my office, I heard from a parent whose child is at a public school. They had, um, she, her child's I think 16, and they actually had a discussion in essence, like I guess you would call it an orientation for the high school in which the children came without parental consent or information. And they had, in essence, what I guess would almost sound like a sales meeting for the children to get the vaccine. Propaganda. And the parents, and the one parent was in my office irate. She wasn't aware of it until her child came home and says, Mom, you won't believe what we did today. I heard, I don't know how much, how long it was, but literally they were just telling them about the benefits without any risk, there's no really informed consent, and all they had was, in essence, as it would almost be like Pfizer themselves were into the high school selling the vaccine. Yeah, you're gonna be a hero. Go ahead and take your shot, you know? And of course, these kids, they're young, they're these are kids. They're all gonna sign up for it without their parents there, you know? Just because their parents aren't there. <laughs> yeah, and also, there's a bit of, I don't know how it is, but they're, the, the psychology behind this whole movement is really fascinating if it weren't, weren't so deadly and dangerous. But the whole idea that they're able to make it a cool factor for these kids to get the vaccine and then be proud of it. So somehow they're, they've persuaded children to have it like a cool kind of like, look at me, I got my, my vaccine. Oh yeah, I mean, get your Krispy Kreme, right? Didn't, uh, wasn't there another one that just came out and said, if you, if you get the vaccine, you can get fries and something else. I mean, what, what world are we living in where we're, we're telling people they can go get a Krispy Kreme or chicken and fries if they get the vaccine for the rest of the year? Yeah, it's crazy. Well, um, I know you're going to be taking on that one. That, that is a way bigger thing than even the mask. So Listen, uh, I've got the full armor of God on, so I'm ready. I can... Uh, I can flash. I got. I got my sword ready. <laughs> that that's your secret. Only it's not a secret. We've figured that one out already. But uh, yeah, thank you for your courage. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for wearing that armor and going out and making a difference that uh, really is a life-saving difference. And thank you for the time of talking to us. Is there anything else you'd like to say, kind of in wrapping this up? No, um, you can reach me at my email, erinnjnurse at gmail.com. Um, send me a message. Let me know how you're doing. And um, that's it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, I would just say uh, one of the things that we were in a Bible study together and one of the pastors said, you know how the word says, put on your full armor of God. I'm going to tell you, never take it off. Yeah. Because you're going to, this is a... It's you're a, just starting. This is a spiritual battle. It's not just one of flesh and blood. As you know, it's against powers and principalities. And so um, I applaud you. I will be praying for you, as I'm sure Dr. Fred will be. Yes. And um, this is a big battle and something that either, again, we either kind of those of us who are, know about this and have a love for humanity like you do, we're either going to stand together or, you know, as they say, we're going to hang apart. So um, I will be praying and I'm, I would love to help you in any way possible. And so let's stay connected and uh, let's empower you so you can continue to make a stand. 
Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be contacting you too. So, because I would love to bring what you're doing out into the West Coast. So we'll see how we can do that. Okay. Sounds All good. All right. Thanks tons. Thanks tons, Aaron. Much appreciation. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.